Praise the Lord, East Wind. So glad that you've joined us for this Saturday night revival service. I'm so excited that Brother Dylan Morgan is here with us on campus at East Wind during this season. And also, he's been a great blessing to us as we brought the Word of God forth through the Internet, through Facebook, and through YouTube. And I know that God's going to bless you tonight. I just encourage you to gather your family and your children around, and let's have a great time of the Word of God tonight. We're looking forward to tomorrow morning being a very special drive-in service again. And I know God's got something great for us in the morning. But right now, we want to have a great time of the Word of the Lord. And so we just present to you the ministry of Brother Dylan Morgan. And I know that you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. What an honor it is to be speaking to you again on this Saturday night of E-Revival. I am so excited about what the Lord is going to do. He's been really dealing with me uh, these last two or three days, especially about the word that I'm going to be preaching. Uh, Last night, me and a couple of young guys were here. Uh, praying and we started making a reference about the fact that um, sometimes evangelists get to preach the same message over and over again. Um, so I'm preaching something that the Lord just very freshly laid on my heart, <clears throat> but I'm excited about what God's going to do in this service and want to give honor to uh, brother and sister Myers today, pastor and sister Myers. Uh, what visionaries you guys have as a pastor and a pastor's wife and their great family. And again, to Bishop and Dr. Myers, give honor to them. And uh, I want to give honor today to uh, the great staff of this church and all the hard work that they're doing, especially Brother Tyler Ritchie. He's been working hour and after hour after hour. And uh, I'm saying this as he is sitting behind the camera right now. So I'm going to make him as awkward as I can. Uh, But I want to give honor to him tonight, and uh, I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do. I want us to dive right into prayer, and uh, I want us to pray before we get into the reading of the Word. And then uh, once we get into the reading of the Word, uh, we're just going to get right into the message. Amen. Uh, The Bible says, and we're going to read from Isaiah 35, uh, verse number 1. Isaiah 35, verse number 1. Hey, if you have a Bible nearby, I challenge you to open it. If you have a phone with you, I challenge you to find this scripture. Um, I feel like that's one thing that we need to be challenged to do. Uh, Yes, it's going to be on the screen behind me, but it's very important uh, in this season that we still get into the word of the Lord. So turn with me if you have your Bibles around, if you're close to your phone, Google it if you have to. Uh, But let's turn to Isaiah 35 and verse number one. The Bible says, the wilderness and the solitary place. I'm going to focus on that word for just a second, the solitary places, such as solitary confinement or self-isolation or self-quarantine or um, solitary means to be uh, brought away alone. So they were in the solitary place, shall be glad for them. I want you to think about that. The solitary place shall be glad for them. In the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. 
He will come and save you. Verse number five. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the lame man shall leap as a heart and the tongue of the deaf shall sing. For the wilderness shall the waters break out and the streams in the desert. I want to focus your attention on chapter 35 of Isaiah and verse number three right here. Strengthen ye weak hands. Strengthen ye weak hands. I want to preach to you on that subject tonight. Strengthen your hands. Strengthen your hands. As we begin to expound on this subject and go deeper into what I feel that the Lord has challenged me for this day to preach on, I want to bring your attention to the book of Nehemiah. We're going to start at chapter number 2 and verse number 18. Chapter number 2 and verse number 18. The Bible says, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good. I want you to think about that, which was good upon me. And the king words that he spoken unto me and they said let us rise up and build so they strengthened their hands for this good work when Sanballat and Tobias the servant of the Ammonite and Geshem and and all of these people they begin to show up they begin to say what is this thing that ye do will ye rebel against the king then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. I want to bring your attention to the verse uh, number 17. And, and I'm not going to take time to read it before then. We begin to see that Nehemiah begins to travel all throughout these lands of Jerusalem or Israel. And he knows that the walls have been torn down. The gates have been torn down. He takes quite a bit of time in the nighttime on his horse, assessing the situation to see what exactly is needed for them to be prosperous in this future to come. He goes to every gate and he rides to every wall. He rides to the north wall, to the south wall, to the east wall, and to the west wall. He goes to the sheep gate and to the fish gate. He travels to all the gates and he assesses the situations. I want to say this. We almost, as a general assembly across this nation said, this would be a year of 2020 vision. This would be a year of miracles, signs, and wonders. This would be a year of the miraculous power of God. Could it be that God has slowed us down in this season to assess the walls and the gates and the situations to make sure that we are prepared for the growth that we know God is wanting to give us. He comes in verse number 17 and he begins to gather the powerful men of the land and says, there is a work to be done. I want you to think about that. He says there is a work to be done. And when he was done in verse number 18, the Bible says, Then I told them of the hand of my God was upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their 
hands for this good work. The first thing they did to prepare for this work was strengthen their hands. Why was this the first thing that they did? Why was their first move not to check if they had enough hammers or trials? Why was their first move not to count the wood resource or to count the rock resource? Why didn't they go and see how many boxes of nails they had in storage? Or why didn't they go make sure that all the workers had the right license to operate the forklifts and the cranes that would be needed to elevate these large stones that would be upon this wall? But no, that was not their first action. Their first action was to strengthen their hands. When this scripture jumped out at me, I began to ask some of my friends, I began to ask some people, what do you think that this means. I begin to text a few people. I asked Brother Myers as we were sitting in the office, I said, what do you think that this means? And his answer clicked in my spirit. He said, I think it means to have a determination to finish the work. So I began to study this phrase and he was exactly right. Scholars suggest that this was a phrase meaning that they were determining in their minds that before this work was over they would not quit before they ever put their hand to a hammer and struck a nail before they ever elevated a stone or moved anything with the trial they determined in their mind I am going to finish this work it meant to have a mental and physical determination I won't I feel the Holy Ghost I won't waver I won't move I'm not going anywhere I'm going to finish this work this statement was not for the uncommitted or the unstable. This statement wasn't for the fluid or for the untrustworthy. This statement was made by those who determined in their mind before they ever put a hand on the wall, before they ever raised a beam or struck a nail. I am determined to finish this work. Why was it so essential to be determined? Why was it so essential to be convinced and convicted of this? work. The very next verse, I believe, begins to give light into this subject. Verse number 19, the Bible says, Sanballat and Tobiah, Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite. These two men together, they begin to scorn and laugh and despise the work. They tried to waver the work immediately. I believe this is why we must always be determined to do the work. Nehemiah had to focus his mind and his men's mind before they ever started. Sanballat, the Horonite means the Greek word C-H-U-R. It stands Kohor. This is the creative, the crevice of the serpent or the cell of the prison. I want you to focus on that for just a moment. Sanballat, the Horonite means the crevice of the serpent or the cell of the prison. And Tobiah means to emphatically and to be committed to finishing something. So this is what I want you to hear. These two, when they came together, they mean the emphatically that are committed to leading you to destruction and getting you off of the work. When you put Sanballat and Tobias together, you get the emphatic and you get the, 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 the tempter and you get the one that is trying to distract you, to move you off of this work. So you ask me, preacher, 
Why is it so important that we strengthen our hands in this season? Because the moment we leave the place of solitary, the moment we leave the place of quarantine or the place where we have drawn ourselves away, Sanballat and Tobias, the tempter and the one that will emphatically sound the voice of the tempter is going to try to pull us off of the work. But don't worry, Nehemiah answered them and said, the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we are his servants and we will arise and build. We got to have a deep rooted moral conviction. I won't be pulled from this work. I won't be wavered from this work. I have strengthened my hands. So I begin to pray and talk to the Lord about what I'm feeling for this season, especially within this past week. The Lord has really been dealing with me on this subject. The Bible began to deal with me about the threshing floor and what the threshing floor means. The threshing floor is when they would bring the wheat that was mixed with the chaff or the unwanted substance. They would take it to the threshing floor. They would hit it with that fork and they would throw it up in the the air and the wind would separate what wasn't wanted uh, by what is wanted so the Lord began to deal with me and I felt in the Holy Ghost he has called us to a spiritual threshing floor where he is throwing us up in the air in the place of solitary uh, in the place of confinement and he is saying uh, the wind is going to blow the uncommitted out Uh, the wind is going to blow those that are not steadfast in this work out where in the world would you get something like that where God would do something like that preacher I'll show you Judges 7. The Bible says that when Gideon went to the war, he had thousands in his army. He had thousands on his side. And when they went forward, the Bible says that God began to take those that were fearful away. Step one, he he hacked away at the fearful and the fearful went away. He said, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And they returned of the people. 20 and 2,000. There remained only 10,000 left. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water. I will try them for thee there. And there it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee. The same shall go down with thee. And of whomsoever I say shall unto thee, This shall not go with thee. The same shall not go. Are you ready? So he brought them down unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down to his knees and drink, and the number of them that lappeth, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But the rest of the people bowed down unto their knees and drank the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, by these 300 men that lappeth will I save you. Why was it important that they didn't go to their knees? Because those that reached down with their hand and scooped the water up were focused on the battle. So this is what the Lord said when he began to sift the army. He said, I don't want the fearful nor the unfocused in this fight because I've got a work for you to do. Gideon, and I need those that are focused on doing the work on my side. 
God has eliminated our distractions. God is trying to take this season to strengthen our hands. Because when we come out of this season, when we come out of this, and I know we're going to come out and we got to remember it's a season. We've got to remember God's got a harvest like we have never experienced. God's got people by the thousands waiting to break into the doors of the church. And we've got to be focused in on revival. We've got to be focused in on the work at hand. We can't be lacking. With our with our faces, we can't get down on our knees now. We can't be fearful in the fight. But God is trying to strengthen our hands to help us be determined in the work that we know God is going to do it. When your hands are strengthened, your mind is made up. You won't be wavered by the enemy. Look with me now. The enemy came against Nehemiah, verse six, number two, again, Sanballat. But this time he had a new little compadre with him, sent unto him, saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do mischief. That word, Ono, the village or the plain that he was trying to bring him to. You've got to remember what Sanballat's name means. Sanballat's name means the crevice of the serpent and the cell of the prison. So you have this tempter coming to try to pull him off of the work. And watch what Ono means. It means affliction. It means evil. It means false idol and it means iniquity. He tried to bring him to the place of affliction. He tried to bring him to the place of evil. He tried to bring him to the place of false idols and then he tried to bring him to the place of iniquity but that would not work for Nehemiah because when you have determined in your mind to do the work the Bible said he came some four times trying to pull him off of the wall and to meet him in the place of affliction and to meet him in the place of false idols but Nehemiah determined before he ever put his hand back to the wall I have a work to do and I am never coming off of this wall the bible says in verse number six or uh, verse number 13 of chapter six that he considered it a sin to stay his hand from the work Pastor Myers preached, I believe it was this Sunday or last, he preached unfinished business. He said God has a work to do. He said God has more that he wants to fill with the Holy Ghost than ever. God has more that he wants to heal than ever. God has more that he wants to do now than ever. So I've come today in this season of solitary, in this season of where we have come and we are alone in our secret places with God. We've got to be hearing his voice more than we've ever heard it. We've got to be reading his word more than we've ever read it. We've got to be fasting more than we've ever fasted. Why? Because we've got to be convinced God has a work for us to do and he's called us away for a season to strengthen our hands, to make a determination in our spirit, to have a drive and a convincedness about us. We won't be wavered. We won't be moved. We won't be moved from the work that God has. Lastly, the Bible says that Sanballat came. When he came this time, he came against Nehemiah's reputation. He said, I'll change your reputation with the king. And evidently this brought a little bit of worry amongst them because the Bible says that, that they, they did get a little fearful because they understood that if the king's uh, relationship changed with Nehemiah in a second, the work would be done. 
But let me encourage somebody here today. If the enemy is telling you he's going to do it, then he doesn't have the authority to do it. Because every record I have, any time the enemy said it was going to, it didn't. But when the enemy had the authority to, Job, he just showed up and started wrecking havoc in your life. He can't do what he's telling you he's going to do. What kind of enemy wants to tell you his battle strategy? What kind of enemy wants to tell you how to prepare for the fight? As a matter of fact, if he's telling you he's going to do it, he knows you already have power to stop him from doing it. So he's trying to get in your mind and weaken you in your knees and tell you, you can't do it. But I've come today to tell somebody, uh, he doesn't just tell you his strategy. He just does it when he has the authority. He just showed up on the scene in Job's life uh, and started hurting his family and his land and his riches and his cattle. But I tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, uh, rise to the occasion and realize, uh, be a Nehemiah and say, don't worry, God, I'm going to strengthen my hands. Nehemiah's response to that we find in verse number nine of chapter six. For they made us all afraid, saying, their hands shall be weakened from the work. Watch what they tried to do in this moment. Watch what they tried to do, the enemy. They didn't go for the resources. They didn't go for the trials. They didn't go for the crane. They didn't go for whatever else. You know what they went for? They went for their hands. They tried to remove their hands from the work. They tried to take the strength out of their hands because they knew if I can take their determination off of the work. If I can take their focus off of the work, I can stop them. But I've come today to preach in this place of solitary, get more determined than ever. I'm going to have apostolic revival in this place of solitary, be more determined than ever. We're going to see genuine apostolic book of Acts revival. Bible said that Nehemiah said this. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Lord, there's a little fear coming amongst the camp. Lord, they're a little worried about this threat. So this is what I need you to do. Strengthen our hands. Someone needs to get a deep-rooted conviction. Much like Paul in Romans 8.38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I felt the Lord uh, this morning begin to quicken me about this, uh, about this scripture in particularly. And he began to say, uh, you've got to make this personal in this season. You've got to make this about you in this season. Uh, watch what he said. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate. It says us. But this is what I felt the Lord tell me to do. Shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I believe Paul when he wrote this was trying to tell the church. Uh, I'm so convinced 
convinced in his agape love. I'm so convinced in his never ending, never wavering, never changing love that nothing can separate me, that I have spent time strengthening myself in the Lord and nothing by any means can move me off of this work. I want to bring you back to my text, Isaiah 35 and 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Where do we do that? Where do we strengthen the hands? Where do we confirm the feeble knees? Well, the setting of this was in the solitary place. I challenge every person that's hearing me. I challenge every person that's listening to this script, that's listening to this message tonight. I challenge you in the Holy Ghost, in the solitary place, just like Isaiah 35. I want you to begin to strengthen your hands. Convince yourself, just like in Judges, when he weeded out first the fearful, and then he weeded out the unfocused. He said, those that went to their knees, I want to challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Strengthen your hands and uplift yourself in him be more focused than you've ever been be more convinced than you've ever been be more steadfast than you've ever been get more out of prayer than you've ever got learn the voice of God like you've never learned the voice of God I challenge you to take advantage of the solitary place this week has been about revelation every preacher this week that has spoken to us has been about learning the voice of God has been about denying yourself and learning the voice of God, becoming the friend of God. I challenge every person that's here, make it less about the miracle and more about the miracle worker. Become the friend of the bridegroom. Realize what he's doing in this season is trying to bring beauty out of brokenness. I want you to realize that if you will strengthen your hands and if you will confirm the feeble knees, where? Isaiah said, in the solitary place, in this place of aloneness, in this place of isolation, in this time where we feel like we have no friends or we feel all alone or we can't do everything we want to do strengthen your hands because God's got a work for you to do God's got a wall for you to build God's got a people for you to save God's got a harvest on the other side but you've got to strengthen your hands the Bible says that after their hands were strengthened He said, say to them that are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not, for your God will come with a vengeance. Even God with a recompense, that means a reward. He will come and save you when you have strengthened yourself. When you come out of this, enemies that have come against you will be crushed under your feet. When you come out of this, you won't be fighting that same old devil. You won't be fighting that same old fight. You'll come out of this with victory over things. Why? Because I went into the prayer closet. Why? Because I found an altar. And I laid myself over it. Why? Because I was trying to strengthen my hands. Sand ballad, hush your mouth. Tobias, be quiet. Place of affliction, hush your mouth. We have a work to do. 
Bible says, Nehemiah 6.15, after Nehemiah had strengthened his hands for the second time, after Nehemiah had prayed for the strengthening of his people, watch what happens. So the wall was finished in 50 and two days, the month of Elo in 50 and two days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, not some enemies, not one or two, not three or four, all our enemies heard thereof. And all the heathen that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes. One translation says they were frightened and humiliated. Are you ready? For they understood this work was wrought of our God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will take this time to strengthen yourself in God, when we come out, the enemy will say, I thought I had them. But they come out stronger than they ever were. And we'll come out saying glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The enemy will be saying, I thought I could distract them. And I thought I could pull them off the wall. But guess where they strengthen their hands. And they're more focused on the work than they've ever been. And we'll be saying, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The enemy will be saying, I thought when I got them out of the church that they would would have been defeated and turned into nothing and will come out saying glory I feel the Holy Ghost to God glory to God glory to God watch the end of Isaiah in my text Isaiah 35 and 5 after you strengthen yourself after he has defeated the enemy after after you have strengthened your hands this is what he says and the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped the lame man shall leap as a heart the tongue of the death will sing the wilderness will shall waters break forth and streams in the desert he will restore what was broken he will put back together what was misconnected he will rearrange things he'll bring sight to the blind he'll bring hearing to the deaf he'll bring a voice to the dumb I've come today to tell somebody we need apostolic revival more than we've ever needed it the Lord is coming back for his people hear me today I don't know all the prophetics I don't know all the end time prophecies but I'm not so unwise to know that when I look up to the skies. It's not long before my help's coming. The comforter's coming back for his people. The bridegroom is coming back for his people. So I've come today to preach. Strengthen yourselves in the Lord. God's got a work for us to do. God's got a work for us to do. It's not time to be unfocused. It's not time to be fearful. It's time to strengthen ourselves in the word of the Lord. It's time to hit a prayer closet and ask God to reveal to us the secrets of the kingdom. Why? Because he's got a work for us to do. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So how do we strengthen ourselves? How do we strengthen our hands? I felt this is the way the Lord wanted me to end this today. In this season. This is how we are going to strengthen ourselves in this season. This is how we're going to do it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, 
My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. The most beautiful revelation of the workers in Nehemiah is in the beginning, before they ever got started on the work, they understood God's going to do this work. And when the wall was finished, they knew who the glory went to. So this is what I feel. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Right here. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I challenge every person Take your weakness to a prayer closet and realize the grace of the Lord is sufficient. I challenge every person, take the battles of the flesh to the prayer closet and watch God show you how strong he is. I challenge every person to take your weaknesses of the flesh, your weaknesses of your past, your weaknesses of your faults and of your failures. You take it to him and you watch him make strength out of it. And when we come out of this, we'll be stronger, more focused than we've ever been will be a sharper edge on the end of the sword for the kingdom. But we've got to take our weaknesses. Well, man of God, how in the world do you say that he's going to do that? Isaiah 63 and 1. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, <clears throat> to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Sounds a little bit like the writings in 2 Corinthians when he began to say, he's going to make strength out of my weaknesses. Isaiah said, he'll give beauty for ashes, a dirty, desolate thing. When you see ashes, you knew something used to stand there, but it was burned. It was torn down and then it was consumed. And that little pile is all that's left. You ever seen a building that's been burned down? What once stood beautiful is now just some piles of ashes. But God said, out of those ashes, I'll make beauty. Out of those weaknesses, I'll make strength. The oil of joy for mourning. Those that are mourning, those that don't understand, those that can't figure it out, you're going to have an oil of joy because he makes strength out of weaknesses. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Where you are heavy, he'll say, I'll teach you how to be a praiser. I'll teach you how to be a worshiper. I'll teach you how to rejoice even though it feels like you can't rejoice. They that might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I say it again. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. The end of 2 Corinthians 12.10. When I am weak, then I am strong. I challenge every person in this season that God has called us to. Find a prayer closet and give your weaknesses to God. I'll preach it until I don't have any more voice to preach it with. Oh God, I surrender my weaknesses in this season. I'm not perfect. 
perfect. I don't have it all together, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can hit my knees in my prayer closet. I can fall on my face and I can surrender my weaknesses. You've got a work for me to do. You've got a work for the apostolic church. You've got a work for East Wind. You've got greater revival than they've ever experienced. Oh God, so let us strengthen ourselves in this time. Let us take this time and be more convinced in the work. Let us be more more convinced than we've ever been that you're trying to do something in our lives. I speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you'll begin to surrender your weaknesses, he'll show you I'm here to strengthen you. I speak to every person that is weary bound and heavy laden. God's trying to pick you up in this season and strengthen you for the work. But you've got to lay your infirmities and your faults and your failures at his feet. You've got to pick yourself up and drag yourself to a prayer closet and remind him, Lord, I'm not perfect. I'm human. But you said in my weaknesses I'm made strong. So, Lord, I surrender my infirmities. I surrender those things, Lord, that I do that I wish that I wouldn't do because I'm trying to come out of this a sharpened tool for the work of the kingdom. Brother Myers spoke so prophetically a few Sundays ago. He's got unfinished business and he's going to accomplish that with the people that are determined to do the work. Get it in your mind. I'm never going to waver. I'm never going to move. I'm never going to... The glory of the Lord is coming soon. How long do I have to remain faithful until we hear that trumpet blaring up in the sky? Somebody get a deep-rooted conviction to do the work of the kingdom. Oh God, would you lift your hands in your living room? Would you push yourself away from the dining room table? Would you kneel down in the man cave? Would you lift your hands? Lord, if you're driving your car, don't lift your hands. But just just begin to pray and seek the Lord wherever you're here in this source of media. I challenge you. I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Strengthen your hands. Strengthen your hands. God's calling us to a season of strengthening ourselves for the work. I speak over every mother, every father. I speak over every family unit as a whole. I speak over every teenager. I speak over every hyphen. I speak over every student. I speak over every young man and young woman. I speak over every individual whose ears tuned into this. Strengthen yourself for the work. Release those weaknesses and strengthen yourself for this work. God's got something for you to do in this time. God's got something for you to do in this time. He's got a hammer for you to swing. He's got a trial for you to spread. He's got a rock for you to lift. He's got a wall for you to build. He's got a harvest for you to harvest. Grab that sickle and go into the field. Grab that hammer and go into the work. Grab that sword and get into the battle. Oh God, put strength in yourselves. Strength in your hands for the work. Oh God, in just a moment, this live stream is going to be turned off. I'm not going to be here to scream at you. 
I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Oh, God, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. If I've ever felt an urgency to preach a message, I feel one today. Oh, God, strengthen yourself for the work. Oh, God, strengthen yourself for the work. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, find a place to pray. And let's begin to seek the face of God. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.